don't know exactly what it all means. But God, it feels real. I think Hippolyta knows we lied to her. If she's going where this thing's leading her, she's in danger. I want to know everything. Freedom, now that I'm tasting it. I see what I was robbed of. Hello, welcome once again to a travel guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast, a podcast that discusses weekly each episode of the HBO television series Lovecraft Country, based off the novel uh, that was written by a guy named Matt Ruff. Uh, This is our eighth episode, because we did a preview episode prior to uh, the series starting. And for folks who are new to the podcast or want to know how to reach us, you can find us at www.darkdiscussions.com. And how can that be? Well, this podcast is actually part of the Dark Discussions Network. Uh, It's a network of podcasts, and this podcast happens to be one. You can find this podcast at the website, but you also can find it uh, wherever podcasts are found under three different feeds. A Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, Dark Discussions Podcast, Dark Discussions network of podcasts. So any of those three uh, uh, feeds uh, on any place you listen to podcasts, you will find this podcast. Um, For folks who are new to the podcast again, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia... Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you feeling after uh, not feeling too good earlier? I'm feeling a little bit the same, but maybe a little bit better. I'm not quite sure yet. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin, and Kevin. I'm okay. Excellent. How's the Ozarks treating you over there? I, I have not been to the Ozarks since I texted you that I passed the Ozarks. <laughs> yeah, it's only about a t- two and a half hours from where, where, where I think you live, so you should, you should check it out sometimes. It's supposed to be pretty nice. Either way, um, they have big fish tournaments over there. Big fish, yeah, yeah. That, it's one of the larger lakes in the in the country, so it's definitely uh, some good fishing. Um, all right, so uh, a couple other things uh, for folks who are curious, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Dark Discussion One. Dark Discussion 1. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook page. And you can also email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com. Um, also, you can uh, just go to the website, darkdiscussions.com, and press contact us. And uh, you can talk to us that way as well. Uh, it's basically the same thing as doing an email without actually 
going into your email. It's just a, a, fill, a fill in form where you email us. Um, but it kind of gets to the same place. Um, so, uh, before we get into uh, the episode and all that and things behind the episode, uh, any Lovecraft news? Before we do, I do have an email. We got an email. Uh, this is from Christine Remington Stroh. Uh, Christine uh, has been a recent member of the Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. Uh, she's been there now maybe a couple months. Uh, and she found us through, um, I think, our book episodes on the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is oh. really one of the sister podcasts. Oh, hey. Cool. Um, yeah, welcome. Awesome. Yes. Uh, and this is what she has to say uh, about Lovecraft Country. She goes, uh, Hello. I have finally been able to catch the first four episodes of Lovecraft County, country. She spelled, said it county, but she meant country. Uh, and I cannot imagine where this show is going. It is all over the place, trying to be horror, love, action, and adventure. I am exhausted trying to figure out the show. The acting is very good, but at times they seem as lost as I am. I wanted to see... Journey, Smollett, and Jonathan Majors as co-leads, and after the third episode, I had hopes. But again, after last night, she is the typical woman standing behind the lead. Uh, so that must be episode four. I forget what episode four was. Uh, oh, maybe yeah, that was the that the, was the, the house. One, maybe? No, episode three was the house. Episode four, oh, I think. Oh, that was that, that was, was the. the Indiana, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, loving your podcast about the show, and glad to hear your thoughts. Best thing I can say about Lovecraft Country is that I love it and have no idea what is going on. Christine Stroh. So, thank you very much. I, I think uh, um, she's kind of right. It is all over the place. And oh, I yeah. That's one of the things we've been, we've been saying. It's more episodical rather than a series show like Westworld or Game of Thrones. So, and Christine, I read, just thank you very much for your email. I read the book or listened to an audio, and I still have no idea where they're going. <laughs> right. I mean, I yeah. don't have a, a, a big problem with that necessarily. There's a lot of shows, genre shows that, you know, can do horror one episode and fantasy the next and science fiction the next and you know, there's nothing, and that's, and really all of that is a lot of it is a setting, you're right? The characters then can engage in whatever human endeavors are there, like, you know, mac, plot machinations and romance and what have you. Um, but for a show that, as far as I know, is only 10 episodes. And there is, it, it's, it seems to have been enough of a success at the start. HBO is not slow to greenlight a second season. You know, it's it had good ratings to start. I mean, I know we're in the COVID thing, and God knows how that's that's affecting the whole business cycle and the business model. So it may be that this is only going to be a limited series. I know one review I read somewhere or thing about it did claim it was a limited series, but that doesn't mean they knew what they were talking about. Um, so maybe I mean, for something that had ten episodes, it's it's kind of lollygagging to get where it's going. And I realized this today, not today, uh, after watching this episode, I should say, this is now the third episode in a row out of seven that has not focused on the lead characters. And Mike, 
if I could interject for one second, I was going to bring that up because she said she was hoping that Smollett and Majors were going to be co-leads. And, and I was about to say, actually, it appears they aren't even the leads. It's more of a yeah. uh, ensemble cast based off of like you just said, Mike, with the last three episodes. And I don't actually mind an ensemble cast, except this wasn't given to us like as an ensemble cast. You know, you had three episodes in a row that basically focused on um, on Letty, on Tick, and on George. Well, two episodes on George, and George dies. And then it was basically Letty and Tick in the haunted house, and Letty and Tick and Montrose in the um, in the in the caverns or whatever in the Indiana Jones story. It was all Letty and Tick, Letty and Tick, with good supporting characters, right? And I'm not because I like well. Then you spend an episode on a character that we don't meet, really. We only knew very little about to fill in some backstory, and that's okay. That's a side story. Um, oh, I, I'm sorry that that was got that out of order. So then you do an episode about Ruby, and I don't mind that because again, Ruby is a character that's been there from the beginning. So give her a little time. You take an episode completely out of our element, completely across halfway across the world, five years earlier, with a character we don't know or really care about, and then. You're setting it up to this. Okay, we're setting this up. So this is the conflict kind of coming, or the where we're heading with, 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 with Tick. And then, oh yeah, no, we're gonna put, we're not gonna do anything with that for the next episode. Well, then why did you do the Korean story there, in the middle of two episodes about peripheral characters? You throw a third episode right in the middle, also about a peripheral character. It lacks a certain cohesiveness in order and and just in coming together. It doesn't feel like it's going to be able to come together by the 10th episode. So it's it's very difficult to watch. <laughs> right. It It's like, you know, you can have the world's greatest pizza and the world's greatest pineapple. It doesn't mean they should necessarily go together. <laughs> yep. Um, you have to be able to tie all those threads. Yeah. Now, again, sometimes they will. But now we're heading into, we should be heading into the final stretch, right? We're in the back third of the season. And we should start seeing these pieces really fall into place. And after the the new episode, I am, I am completely lost as to where they're going with this. Yeah. And not necessarily in a good way, you no. know, because they're introducing story elements that seem <clears throat> on their own. I have no problem with. But I'm tr- they're just a weird puzzle piece to be fitting in the world that they've given us. So I don't know now how a character fits into this storyline anymore. And I don't mind not knowing where a show is going. I've mentioned Raised by Wolves. I have no idea where the hell that show is going. But that's a good thing. It's, I'm, in, I'm engaged. I want to see where it's going. Right here, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what, because if the story is not un- unconventional enough, Right, you like raised by wolves. I find is an unconventional story, so I'm really just curious by it. You know, it just has has my my interest here. It's a lot of conventional stuff. You know, you're find the secret key to find the hidden book, and so all right, and then and then we're gonna do vagina monologues in space or whatever. I don't like okay, <laughs> That's a perfect name for it. <laughs> and and, and the, well, and, I've never seen uh, that play but i'll take you guys word for it but neither have uh, i i'll just tell you one quick on. sorry one quick thing in the book is that it does have that kind of one minute it's horror one minute it's sci-fi 
but it does tie together. Like, you know what, I mean, it's like, okay, this is an interesting story. Oh, they got this information because, you know, so-and-so went through that experience, you know, and that, that sort of thing. I mean, this, I'm sorry, but I mean, this, this episode just makes absolutely no sense. Um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into really that dumb. the episode soon enough. It's totally yeah, we'll, we'll get into that episode soon enough. Um, uh, she also mentioned that she felt uh, Letty turned back into a typical woman standing behind the lead. Um, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I guess she's assuming, or, or, or her perspective, again, we're, we're four men, so we, we don't really be honest, notice think, these things. I think Letty's doing a better job acting than uh, the guy playing Tick. But that's just me. Well, I sure, think she's sure, me- yeah. she's meaning that she's well. It's very much what this episode is about. Um, but that her she's falling into a supporting but, but, role. But we're talking behind, about right, the first you know, episode. Yeah, and I agree with that no, no, no. supporting role idea. I just think that it's unfortunate well, because she's doing a better acting job. But but again, opinion. Phil, I I understand we're talking about oh. the first four. I'm saying she feels like she's not a co-lead. She is a supporting character in Tick's right. story. Um, right, because this is Tick's story. This is I don't. I think well, this is Tick's story, right? Right. right well, she's saying she was hoping it was going to be more of a co-equal thing, sort of how you had, you know, Mulder yeah. and Scully as opposed to Mulder and his girlfriend. Right. Oh, oh yeah, or Mulder and the extra character of the week. Yeah, yeah she's I know looking for a Starsky and Hutch. Okay, that just dated me, but still. <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Just, just one of them uh, has a uterus. Right, right, exactly. Um, now, uh, the thing I wanted to bring up that was related to all that. Um, now, let me ask you this, Kevin. Uh, not related to Christine's email, but just general, because you, you mentioned um, the book. Um, is the book, I guess, uh, uh, based off of what, what folks have said on Internet, and, and we've said it a couple times in the recent podcasts, uh, prior weeks, uh, is the book woke too, or is the book more of a, uh, a horror story itself? In other words, oh, is it a message book or is it a, is it a, a horror story book? Uh, it's more horror story. I mean, there, it, it, well, it's not woke. Um, and many, well, there, there's some woke elements to it, but not even close to the show. Um, because I think really the, the woke part really isn't an activism thing. It's just more, Hey, everybody, this is the garbage that black people had to deal with in the 1950s. Right. Okay. And that's really, uh, you know, and they, and that was, I mean, and, and in the book, you know, racism, prejudice, um, things like that. You know, and and just utter hatred for black people that, you know, that is shown and, you know, you know, that is shown, you know, irrational hatred is shown in the book. Um, But the thing and the funny part is, is that I I, I'm reading another book called uh, The Color of Compromise with uh, the church I, I go to. And it's and it's essentially about how the how the church was dealing with racial racism and discrimination and all that. And for the most part, the church is very complicit, if not uh, 
lockstep with it, which as, as a Christian, it's, it's shocking and very embarrassing, but, um, you know, I mean, yes, there were definite exceptions like big time exceptions where a lot of people based on Christian faith were trying to, you know, end racism and end segregation and end slavery. But the problem is, is that just a great number of churches, a great number of people who called themselves Christian were, were just so for this. I mean, at one point, they said 40,000 ministers, at least in the South, were members of the KKK, which just was just jaw dropping for me and just utterly embarrassing as a Christian and heartbreaking. But I digress. Um, but the book. Yeah, is, the, the, the question, the question was the, the, the book. Was it yes, more know, of a horror? Going back to that. I'm sorry. I, I do that. I, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, go off the, I go off the topic. My apologies. The whole point is, is that the book shows the racism that was happening at that time period. All right. So it's okay. not woke in that it's trying to be political about it. It's just trying to say, Hey, this was going on in case you didn't know, like for people like me who didn't know, you know, Hey, this is what was happening. But other than that though, it was very much a horror and sci-fi, a little bit of mystery. Um, you know, with racism kind of interwoven through it. I want to ask you this, Kevin, too, about the book. Um, uh, I know, Mike, you, you were you actually enjoyed uh, the Outsider HBO series. That was the the big series, one of the bigger series prior to this one, uh, before this one came out. Um, and I, I watched it, and then I just gave up at episode eight and didn't bother watching the last two because I, I was a huge, huge fan of the book. And so when they digress completely, like it has nothing to like the book, I said, that's it. I'm done. Fans of the book, Lovecraft Country, is the book, um, is it, it, you mentioned that you read the book and yet this show is completely losing you because it, it's not like the book. So would fans of the book be upset or disappointed or could they, or would they still like this show? even though it's it's now off book topic in a sense. Well, okay, speaking personal well, first of all, I wouldn't say I am a fan of Okay, I read it, I thought it was all right. I mean I went through it, I thought it was good. I would thought it was all right. It's not something I would really wanna I mean I may go through it again, but there are so many others that I really want to go through right now. Um but I mean as far but I was losing interest in this show. Uh, about three episodes ago. Well, essentially after the whole Indiana Jones one, and then that was like, okay, that's all right. But then after that, I was starting to lose interest pretty, pretty quickly. Okay. Fair enough. I just, I was just curious. I felt that kind of, was an interesting thing because you had brought up the book and this is the email section or, or the pre episode section, just the show in general. So I was curious. All right. Very good. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into tonight's uh, topic and episode. Um, again, Mike already mentioned the, the title. It's called I am um, directed by uh, a Danish uh, actress slash director named Charlotte Sailing, who's done a number of uh, television shows and, including the killing and the bridge and whatnot. Uh, so she's 
directed a number of television shows. Uh, written by Misha Green, who's uh, the the showrunner for Lovecraft Country, and co-written with uh, someone named Shannon Houston, uh, who I'm not quite familiar with. Uh, this was released on September 27th, 2020. Today, uh, for some listeners who are curious, such as Pam, uh, this is September 30th that we are uh, recording this. Uh, the episode got point, or I should just say 755,000 viewers live or started it um, on VOD in that hour frame that it was released. Uh, because those numbers include uh, those who start exactly at, say, if the show started at 8 o'clock, started it at 8 o'clock or anywhere between 8 to 9 o'clock. So this is actually uh, basically the standard. Most of the episodes are getting uh, around 700,000 to 750,000. So it's pretty standard. Uh, Mike mentioned an interesting comment, which is, is this a miniseries? I think a lot of shows say they're just miniseries. Um. But if the show is successful, I, they, they would continue. Uh, there's, there's a few exceptions. You mentioned one, Mike, uh, in a prior episode. Uh, the, the, um, the one that was uh, based on the comic book that Lingelof show Watchmen? ran. That was on HBO. Watchmen, yeah, yeah. He came right out right from the beginning saying it's one, one season and that's it. This show here, they never said that. So I'm assuming if it, if it was successful, it would get a second season. Uh, so far, there hasn't been any announcement. Well, well he didn't uh, say it from the beginning. He said it kind of near the end of the show because the, there was a lot of hesitancy in the show because they weren't sure where it was going. Sensing a theme here, it was a very woke <laughs> show. Um, people were tuning in to see the to see the characters from the original Watchmen comic because it was written as a sequel to it. You know, we're not seeing those characters there as they were expecting. And it took several episodes for it all to kind of come around and tie everything back into the beginning, which it does wonderfully, I think. Um, And it tells a very compelling story, whatever you happen to think of of the political points. Uh, I think it does a very, very good job telling that story. But it's also a fairly focused story in terms of that, because it is very much about dealing with the issue of race, just as the original story was very much dealing with the issue of uh, the, of the Cold War at the time, because race is a big issue in the United States, just as the Cold War was a big issue in 1985. Um, here, I feel like the with, with Lovecraft Country, the she's they're, they're, they are, you know, I hate we've used the term checking up boxes. Like we got to address every issue before the series is, is over, right? So we're going to hit racism, and we're going to hit imperialism, and we're going to hit war, and we're going to hit homosexuality, and we're going to hit feminism and you're going to hit everything that we can possibly get before you know, it's a, as a, so I think that's what's kind of keeping it from from being coherent and I understand now that kind of ties in with intersectionality you know but I, I don't know that makes that makes compelling storytelling you know, where it sounds to me like the book is much more focused on the racial angle yes right and oh, yeah. there, there is no homosexuality there is no lesbianism uh, there's not really there's no Korean. Oh no, no Koreans at all. And, um, uh, no, no attractive women getting free ice cream. 
Right, and, and and you said they they change like uh, characters from male to female on the TV show. Oh yeah, um, and based off of the the check boxes that Mike just mentioned, I can see why they changed the characters because they wanted to get those extra check boxes in. So yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, but uh, anything else you're going to add to that, Mike? No, I mean it's that, and again, a lot of it is I enjoy the episodes on their own for the most part. Uh, for me, I, I was probably at mind the deer with uh, the um, with the haunted house story, which just did not really work for me. Um, and then I've enjoyed the episodes kind of progressively since then more and more. But again, I'm not seeing how they're all going to connect together. And some of the things I'm seeing are, again, sort of the, oh, we got to find a thing for Tick to do. So we'll have him do this because he's the lead, even though it really isn't going to mean a damn thing in the story, probably. Right? I mean, what did he... Now, maybe they will do more with this, but like he goes off to see his um, his mother's cousin's girlfriend, whatever that was. He, sees, he notices he has a birthmark because of a photo, then runs off, and doesn't really affect the story at all from that point on. Well, I mean, he kind of saves uh, um, Hippolyta's uh, life from getting killed by the two cops. But and that was I mean, talk about your perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, You know, and the thing is, actually, actually, though, actually, was she going to get killed by the cops? I I mean, we'll get into that. But continue. Kill the rest of whatever. Well, you could you you could have also told that same story, though, with. Founding, find, having her find a way to save herself, right? This was very much a we need to get Tick involved in the story thing. Yep. They could have found some other way. I mean, she's there before, as we find out, an inter- interdimensional portal or something along those lines. You know, in a yeah. gobbledygook machine, they could have easily razzmatazzed their way into her saving herself and escaping from from the cops. Well, I mean, it's all right, all right, all right. Because Tick, all right, I mean, we're, we're gonna, well. We're getting okay. into the, the topic. So so let's let's give our, our thoughts on the episode first before we, we pick up all this stuff because all this stuff is post what you know, our thoughts and all that. So Kevin, why don't you start? Okay. So what's your opinion? Yeah. Uh my opinion is this 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 mo- almost I'd say ninety five percent of the show is a colossal waste of time. Uh irrelevant and uh woke. I mean it I mean I'm not I'm not attacking people who, who believe in woke. I'm not. I'm just saying that as far as the story goes, like I think you were mentioning earlier, Phil, that this this story focuses more on being woke than actually being a story. Um, and I mean, I, I think, for example, the, the the dream that Letty has at the beginning, the tick noticing the birthmark. Those are, I think, the two important factors are and also um, learning a little bit about um, uh, uh, Ruby's um, and the, the Braithwaite daughters, you know, where the where the where the the, uh, the 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 potions are coming from and a little bit of the backstory behind that. And that's it. The rest of it is is fluff, in, in my opinion. All right, sounds good. Uh, uh, what about you, Barrett? Um, so I was fine with the acting in this episode. Um, the production quality was fine. 
Uh, I think it's the worst episode of the season. I just, <laughs> by the end of the episode, I couldn't care very much about it. And the only interesting part to me was the last 30 seconds. Um, and like Mike said, Tick having to save Hippolyta, that was just felt like it was shoehorned in there. It didn't, she could have saved herself. I totally agree with that. I don't think he was needed there. Um, it ju- and it does feel like the writers have a check mark list that they're trying to meet, which is hurting the story really bad. Yeah. For me, just wanted to mention finding the comic at the end. That's also, that's also important, I think. And that's it. Okay. Sorry. Okay, very good. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've watched shows like The Strain and Falling Skies and Colony, which are all shows that I enjoyed um, that I literally just stopped watching because the the just time or there was too long of a in between between seasons or whatever, um, and it, and they weren't must watch TV, but they were they were fun TV for me. Uh, this one, this show here, um, yeah, I, I probably would, similar to the outsider, have stopped watching it if we weren't doing a podcast. Um, I just don't really uh, like it that much. Um, the the act, as, as Kevin said, the acting's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the, the, all the folks that are in it are, are great. Um, and production values, there's some problems. Uh, you know, CGI and a lot of the episodes have been horrible but but so what you know i I still watched outer limits and and twilight zones from the 50s and 60s and whatever and and sci-fi movies from the 50s and still enjoy them with their cardboard sets and stuff so you know what it is what it is um but it's just just uh, a show that's that i feel is kind of boring um i i really haven't really um developed um, a strong liking for any of the characters. I don't dislike the characters, but it wasn't like Game of Thrones where, you know, I, I immediately became a fan of, of Jamie or Sansa or, or whatever. Um, the villains in, in other shows like Game of Thrones, whatnot, I mean, are just great villains, like in the Ozark, great villains. And you like the villains because they're great characters here. There really isn't, any great villain. So I don't know. I, this episode specifically. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really like it that much. I have to probably agree with Barrett. It's, it's probably the worst episode. And it's, and again, it's not because of the acting or not, but, but it's about a character that we don't really care about it. I mean, the main lead character for tonight is a character that has been on screen for the last six episodes, maybe, 15 minutes and it's so it's like i don't really care about this character so i, I want to see the main story and but and this doesn't feel like the main story so yeah i, I wasn't a big fan of this episode uh mike yeah so it sounds like i'm the one that likes the episode the most i do think it has problems in fitting in the larger mythology again it's another episode of um focusing on a side character. It's a side character I like. We haven't seen a lot from her, but I've liked her. Um, just as I like Ruby, just as I like... Um, uh, I like Trey, you know, but I don't necessarily need one to watch a Trey episode. You know, I've 
these actors are doing a good job with some cases, very little material. Um, and if this was uh, a long running TV series, you know, like eventually director Skinner got his episode on X-Files, but it was like season seven, you know, it wasn't episode six. Um, so there's that. And then there's things that happen to the character in this episode that I don't understand because it should completely change the series going forward. And that just seems really bizarre to me. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Damn Siri. So, um, but that um, aside, if I take a look at this as a character episode and a story about character growth and a character working through her shit, I kind of enjoyed it in that regard. And I enjoyed that it kind of ended up going where it did. And it felt like a cathartic episode for that character. I can certainly understand from the perspective of writing a character who is a black female, 1955, who I'm going to guess was probably born in, you know, around give or take between 1905 and 1915. Um, and has lived through that period of time. I can totally, and, a character who we're, we've already gotten hints is extremely intelligent. I can understand why this, you know, is this character feels the way she does. I can understand the, the whole transformation of the character. And I can also understand why <clears throat> for certain people who might identify with the character, this could be a very cathartic episode. So I get all that. I really did enjoy, you know, some of the, the weirder stuff, but it's also just totally bizarre where it goes in terms of the rest of the series, because it is definitely drifting into some of your like twilight zone. You, you had some, you had a lot of scary episodes, you had some funny episodes and you had some touchy feely episodes. And then sometimes the touchy feely episodes really didn't seem like they fit with what the fricking twilight zone was the rest of the time. It was like, those are almost never anybody's favorite episodes. Right. Um, and yet that's kind of what this one feels like. It's the touchy feely episode. It felt like Moulin Rouge to me in an episode. Well, for a few minutes. <laughs> it does minutes. It does use Lady Marmalade, uh, which <laughs> Moulin Rouge did do. Um, so, yeah. So, I, like I said, I liked that aspect of it. I just... And I've, one thing I've found over the years with certain shows, um, when you get engrossed in what the main storyline was, especially in the old days when you had to do 22 episodes in a season, and they're trying to tell a full story... When you got into those middle season episodes, like the stuff that would air in like December and, and March, where they're not in sweeps, you know, but they need to fill in the time and they just do these filler episodes. It's really frustrating and they're surrounded by real. So it feels like the season's just dragging, just dragging. And then when you watch it and so that the kind of sucks as in hindsight, then when you go back and like binge watch the series or look at the individual episode they go by really quick and it, and you see how the whole story played out and you know what the ending is. So you're not necessarily in as much of a rush to get to the end. Um, and so it plays a little bit better here. We'd like to see the story play out. You're lollygagging for, through the last three episodes of taking what feel like side stories. And you only got three episodes to make these pay off. I mean, you don't make them pay off. Don't give me this. We're saving it for season two horseshit. Cause you didn't start this knowing there was a season two. So, 
Yeah, I, I really I really don't know. If this was the end of her character and her character story, I probably would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> and I still enjoyed it. But now she's coming back into Chicago and I just I'm just wow. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it appears you definitely did uh, enjoy it more than the rest of us. It appears that most of us, the other three of us probably would have gave up on, on this episode if we weren't doing a, a podcast. Um, all right. So I can say we can basically get into spoilers and all that wonderful stuff. Because, again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're watching the show. And if you are watching the show and are listening to this podcast, that means you at least enjoy the show a bit and want to hear other perspectives uh, and basically critique and dissect uh, the episode. And uh, that's what we're here to do. Again, this is just personal opinions. Uh, If you disagree, that is absolutely fine because uh, we, just like any critic, are just a critic. We're given our opinion. That's that's the point. It's the opinions. So if you look at a film like The Godfather on Rotten Tomatoes, it only has 97% good reviews. There's 3% that didn't like it. So what that means is that everybody is different. So no hate mail. All right, let's uh, get into the episode and discuss uh, where and what do we want to discuss. We don't have to go scene to scene because if people want to hear a, a synopsis of a scene to scene uh, description of the show, they could just watch the show. So that's not what we're here for. We're well, here why to dissect we get the, specific scenes. Why don't we get some of the side characters out of the way first? Since yeah, the yeah. bulk of this is going to be the uh, Hippolyta uh, story. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and so can I just start with, well, let's start with, with, uh, with Ruby. Yeah. Right. Um, so we do confirm that there are two people in the basement. That are that we got uh, or Kristen got the elect the elixirs from or whatever for the, the body changing potions, and we don't know why she's keeping them alive, but that's where the two body change. So they, these are their shapes that they're assuming. So um, Mike, you 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 were absolutely right. You you yeah, and I think I think you too, Kevin. Uh, both of you said that. Yep. Uh, Abby Lee's character and this William character were probably in the basement. And this was some sort of other being that's using their farm. Is that right? Well, well, as much as I'd like to to, to hear that I'm right, I wasn't in this case because this is not what I was imagining. I, I may not have communicated clearly. I was thinking that they may have been like two beings inhabiting the same body, but I think they made it very clear because she says when everything that she told him, it may have been in William's body, but she was the one saying it. All right. So she was. Uh, so it was still her in control. Um, I was but, thinking but, it might have been more of a duality thing. So what's that, that body that's of the woman down in the basement? Is that her in her older body? She's, she's just using a newer body to continue her existence or something? I well, don't, I, I don't know. Talking about the woman? The woman yeah, there's down? a woman body down there yeah, too in the basement. the woman that was, uh, remember that was the woman who was controlling the dogs in Artem County. Yeah. That's the woman that, you know, they use the deal. You know, she's dead. I mean, they're both dead, um, you know, because they even said they are both dead. Uh, but she's using their bodies for the elixir, whatever it is that they're using. And, um, you know, and I so, I mean, it's probable that 
when they were trying to re- when Atticus, George, and Letty were rescuing Montrose, you know, some I think someone I don't remember who hit that woman on the head with a shovel, and that probably killed her. And so they're using her body now, you know, her her pretty much her blood for um, for Ruby's disguise. Okay, okay. So, so who's Abby Lee's character then? Is she actually okay? Okay. So, so the two bodies in the basement are the dog catcher and William, and then Abby Lee's character is the daughter of the you know the the head of the cult is actually a own distinct individual. Then is that right? Oh, Braith- well, the Braithwaite daughter is definitely the Braithwaite daughter. She's not anybody like she's not in dis- she's she's not somebody else in disguise. She is the Braithwaite daughter. And she is using William's body for the elixir to make herself like William. And as she said earlier that or as she said in at the beginning that she she seduced William so that he could teach her how to do magic so that she can impress her father. And then she realized she didn't really want to try to impress her father anymore. Gotcha. All right. Very well. All right. So either way, um, you you were kind of like, right, Mike, even if you thought it was a duality thing rather than, what what we discovered but you were right in some form so i'll give you credit i'm still giving you the credit i'll take it i'm just saying it's not earned fair enough, fair enough. all right um so yeah i mean and then we don't really get anywhere with that specifically she just leaves the house yeah right and that that that'll tie her into what's going on with with tick and letty Letty, we have she has having the same dream about the the runaway slave who we assume is uh, Tick's ancestor, but she's pregnant in the dream. She's she's having the same dream in the burning house and where in in Tick's role, except she's pregnant. I'm pretty sure Tick was not pregnant in his version of the dream, right? Um, and they talk about this. Um, they realize that. Uh, she must say through the dream, she grabbed the book and therefore the, the book of Adam went with the mom or went with the mom's family. And so that inspires Tick to try to track down what's left of her mom's family. And so they mentioned, I think they had mentioned in previous, previous episode, uh, that the mother was, had survived the Tulsa riots, which, um, were portrayed by the way in the first episode of that Watchmen limited series and it was the largest race riot in the history of the country um and supposedly was the only member of the family to get away from that uh but she had a cousin who survived and the cousin had a roommate so they, they tracked down and do that um and they want to take because uh, this is down in St. Louis and they want to take Woody and drive down there um, but Lyda has decided to take Woody and go on her own journey and basically tells them to go fuck themselves because, because of what's going on in her storyline. Um, 
And she's also kind of torqued off because she realized she she starts to suspect that Tick and Letty were lying to her about how George died. Right. Um, right, because she has found the Orinthia Blue comic yeah. in the wreckage in Artem. Uh, so she knows uh, and that something bigger had happened than they were letting on. Um, but yeah, I mean, but that, you know, and Tick goes down to St. Louis, meets the roommate or quote unquote roommate of the mother's cousin who doesn't give him any useful information other than showing him a photo, which allows him to conveniently see a birthmark that matches a birthmark that's on his back before he gets a phone call from, from Letty telling him to go rescue or go meet up with Lida. Um, Letty is babysitting D and the other kids uh, in the apartment with Ruby. Ruby has come to stay with them because uh, she's left Christina because they got to work their shit out and she's not being clear. Although Letty figures out some of it that she's staying with a white guy up, you know, in, in his house uptown. Uh, she discovers the, oh, what was it called again? Or, or, um, Ori. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And that's how she figures out where Hippolyte is going. But more importantly, she gets sick from smelling the garlic. And as I think we've had this conversation already in the last week or so, when a woman gets sick in TV or movies, yep, it turns out she's probably pregnant. And I kind of rolled my eyes at that, and I don't know where they're going with it. And I don't know if maybe, maybe it's a false alarm. It would be nice. Um, but boy, baby's going to be tough to shoehorn into this, this story at this point. There was also the little co- confrontation between um, Tick and his dad. Oh, yeah, I did forget about that. I'm sorry. All right, so we did have uh, Montrose, right? So we have Montrose waking up the next morning in his house after his little escapade with Sammy uh, in the Moulin Rouge nightclub. Uh, and Sam Fist kind of himself at home. That kind of puts Montrose off on the butt. And they start bickering over the breakfast. And Montrose... Uh, uh, sorry, and Sammy storms out. Montrose chases after him, and there in the hallway are Tick and Letty, and 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 uh, Tick realizes that what Trey was saying was true, and drops an f bomb at his dad's feet. And no, I don't mean fuck. Um, which I I was happy to see in a weird way, uh, because again, which we've mentioned before, I don't care what your politics are. You're not getting this 25 year old black veteran in 1955. Who's going to be all about the LGBTQs. You know, it just ain't happening. Um, and so he has a very bad reaction to that. Finds out that mom knew, you know, which also he has a bad reaction to. And so he storms off, which leaves Letty behind to get the important information from dad to get the coordinates that they're going to need that are going to go into, and it's just all of this stuff um, happening off screen to get them to the next point that we don't really get to see. Once again, we don't get to see them really do the legwork for it. 
And that's the last we see of Montrose in the episode. Yep, that's true. That was uh, it. Um, and that really was most of Tick's story, I guess, right? I mean, otherwise, besides saving saving a hippo later, later, later right? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Anybody have thoughts on this little side story, um, which is in theory the main story? Um, I didn't really have much, really. I mean, it it was uh, it was it was there. I guess. Anyone have any thoughts, Barrett? What about you? Any thoughts? <laughs> Uh, like I said, the most important part was the very end of the episode, um, I think, because this was somewhat of a, I think this was kind of talked about by Mike much earlier in the season that there would be time travel. Um, oh, yeah. You picked and that I think up, this was, there was a lot of time travel in this, and the very end, there's a book written by George, and I think that's the most important part of the episode. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, another good catch by you, Mike, figuring that out. Yeah. Uh, what about you, what about you uh, uh, Kevin? Uh, your thoughts on this little side story that was, I guess, um, set in the back because of, of Hippolyta? Is it Hippolyta? Am I pronouncing it right? Hippolyta. Hippolyta story. I really have no opinion. <laughs> and that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, We're talking about, I mean, Letty is pregnant. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Letty is pregnant. Now, granted, now I'm, I'm a guy and I'm sorry. I do not know the biology for a woman. If she gets pregnant, does that mean that her taste changed? Does that mean certain foods make her sick? That it can. It can't. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I have no idea. And I'm, I apologize to all females, uh, listening that I am of my, I apologize for my ignorance, uh, about what happens when a woman gets pregnant. Um, I mean, the, 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 the little changes that happen. Um, you know, so, okay. Yes. We see that it's very possible that, you know, Letitia's pregnant. Um, you know, and the whole, the, like I said, part of the thing with the um, the tick with the with tick with the with the birthmark that he found out in St. Louis and little things like that. Okay, fine. Um, some of that I think is going to be relevant for future for future episodes. At least I hope it is. All right, very good. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have much to say either. All right, uh, where do we want to go next, Mike? Uh, the side story. So, well, I was just to say that with all these, for me, all of it felt very perfunctory. It all felt very moving pieces around to move them around. Um, and really, this is almost all in the first, we'll say, half or so of the episode. Maybe maybe forty percent of the episode. So they all, so like you get really like two scenes with Ruby, one scene with Montrose. Um, you know, you get you get little bits like you know two little tiny snippets of D, um, 
and these all might have been able to be developed into something bigger in the rest of the episode, but then the whole back half is kind of going straight to um, is going straight to to Lyda, to Hippolyta, Hippolyta rather. Um, and so it, it it all feels short served in the grand scheme. And I think if uh, I'm sorry, I forgot who was the name of the listener who wrote in. Oh, uh, you, you mean the email that I read uh, tonight? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Christine Stroke. Right, so Christine, Chris, I have to think, if Christine was frustrated at watching uh, Letty take a backseat to Tick, um, I think finding out that she's going to, now she's, she's Tick's baby mama, is really not going to sit well. Just just a thought. I, I mean, because immediately now you're throwing her into into a very traditional woman's role. Um, and one that could possibly be taking her out of some of the frontline action. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they go. Actually, I don't know where they're going. Was there a pregnancy in the book there, Kevin? Nope. nope. Okay, of course not. Oh, they have to, they have to add that check mark too. You know? Yeah, because well, they're going to have to. She, she, all right, next week she's going to have to have an abortion in the back alley. So. Because <laughs> uh, that's because we got a good, but it's like the first five minutes of the prophecy stretched out into a TV series. Uh, if anyone's ever watched the movie Prophecy about a giant mutant bear, it's like the first five minutes. They it was made in 1979. Whatever the cause of the day was in the late 70s, got a got a shout out in like the first five minutes of homelessness and poverty and pollution and and all it's and sexism and all of it, which just got there and was like we got to check off as many boxes as we can before we get to the mutant bear but anyhow um oh yeah so i'm just i like i got no satisfaction out of tick story i got no satisfaction out of um the really the the, the finding out that letty may be pregnant um i'm just kind of uh, and 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 tick story it was just what was the point because he leaves he goes down, sees he has a birthmark and comes, you know, saves Lyda and, and comes back home. Right. I think that's basically how it went. Yep. If he had yep. been caught by the cops or something, but I mean, I don't know how this is playing out. Then I would see, OK, there was a reason for him to get there. And now it's going to create some jeopardy going forward. And, you know, they do have some jeopardy there. So I don't, but this is all going to go really into into Lyda's story. I mean, even Ruby, I don't know what the hell, where the hell is her head at? I mean, um, I noticed yeah. about this one it's it's kind of like uh ruby and leticia are trying to uh i wouldn't say bond but make amends again you know because uh leticia is pretty much saying yes i was a selfish jerk i'm sorry yeah there is that but i was never that invested in the the fight between those ladies anyway Exactly. I wasn't either, but I'm just saying that's just another aspect to the show. It's like, okay, fine, you know, and you know, and the yeah. fun part is, is that Letitia doesn't eat because Letitia finds out, but Letitia doesn't even say. Actually, it wasn't even Mom's money; it was a money from this person named Braithwaite, you know. And if she had said that, I'm sure Ruby would have said, I'm sure Ruby would have blown a gasket and. um and then a really interesting conversation would have happened, but no, no, you know, Letty didn't have, Letty didn't say it, you know, Letty didn't tell her the truth, you know, which kind of makes them both kind of 
they're like in the same story arc, but they have no idea. Right. All right. Well, do we want to finish up Ruby's story before we get into the, the main? Was there anything more to talk about? No, yeah, probably not. That's why I was saying that we're finishing it up. All right. So let's, let's move on to the main storyline. And, in my personal opinion, the first thing I thought when I was watching this main storyline was that it was a ripoff of Slaughterhouse-Five and more the movie, not the book. Because in the book, by Kurt Vonnegut, Billy Pilgrim is most likely just insane because uh, a PD, PDSD or whatever it's called after a war. But the movie is very similar to this, where and, and it actually seems like the time travel and the slip pitch and time or whatever it's called in the book, I forget, or in that movie, I forget what they called it. Um, and here it, it seems identical. Um, so, so that's the first thing I thought. It says like, all right, so they're, they're just taking some other novel idea. And when I say novel idea, I mean, Kurt Vonnegut's novel, not novel as in original and trying to present it as their own, in this new story, because as, as uh, Kevin kind of mentioned, it just isn't, isn't in the book, um, in, in the book by, uh, rough. Um, so that was my thoughts. Bar, what, what was your thoughts of this, this whole interesting story line? Uh, well, or well, let me rephrase this storyline, because it may not be interesting to you. I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I got to admit that it didn't really, I think it was supposed to invest me in, in uh, Hippolyta's character and it didn't do that for me. Um, it jumped around too much and whatever was going on, I just really couldn't care about. And it made it really hard to watch this episode. And uh, I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't interesting to me. You know, you get this, just weird stuff going on all the way through it. And I'm more interested in what happened to Tick when he got sucked into it than what happened to Hippolyta from what I saw. I'm more interested in what happened to the cop. That too. I mean, I'd like to know what happened to them, not not her, because her story was just, it was boring to me. It really wasn't that interesting to me. Yeah, I got a couple nitpicks about uh, about the Hippolyta storyline, but go ahead. But it well, seems was, like it changed yeah. things because of the book at the very end. The, and that that part of it interested me. The George me. book, yeah. The George yeah, book. so that little piece interested me. Other than that, I, I don't I don't know what the whole purpose of it was right, for her right. character. Yeah, because, well, well they, they do the checkbox, right? They have to bring the cops in because technically they didn't need to have the cops even there. Right. Um, so that was there just to and show that bugged me. Cops, cops bad. And then... They kill the cop. And well, wait, wait, hang on a second. Is it? Is it because? I mean, is it because? I mean, the cops were there. The, I mean, the cops were working for Lancaster, and Lancaster. I mean, remember, this is a yeah. Sons of Adam or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's their town. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, no, it's it's their facility. Yeah, that's true. All okay, right. it's true. their facility. Their their equipment. So. It's possible that maybe even if these were cops, I mean, these probably were cops because, I mean, Lancaster is a cop. Well, they were. They were definitely police officers. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, is that they were probably just kind of 
kind of keeping an eye on the place just in case. You know, okay. One of their, so that's why that they were, that's I why th- those two police officers in particular were there. Okay, but I think, you, I think you misunderstood my point, though, which was okay. they could have just had security guards, right? Or, or yeah. members of the community or, or the cult watching it. But, of course, it had to be police officers because of the check boxes. Well, you also get the, the I want to kill white people later on, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, that, that is a line right out of the episode, too. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that comes. In. Well, that oh, the, the words in that state in that conversation made me laugh, and I mean laugh as in like they were ridiculous. And I even I think texted you, Kevin, saying, "Yeah, the 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 people don't speak this way in real life," and it was just so ridiculously hilarious. But we'll get into those when we get to it. But there's a bunch of things that happen in this thing so there's like the time slip time slip which i said is, is kind of a rip off of slaughterhouse five and yet some of these time slips are kind of weird time slips like flash gordon yeah well because you got <laughs> john carter of mars yeah yeah well you got interstellar right which which kind of has some interesting concepts christopher nolan film and whatnot but here it it's not interesting it's it's exactly silly because you have your 1950s, uh, or or even better, uh, um, uh, Will Robinson, Will Robinson, you know, one of those space scenes, um, and then you have this weird time, like ethereal part, and then you have the Josephine Baker Paris part from the 19, you know, 20s or whatever it was, and then you have Amazons fighting. Confederate soldiers in the middle of Africa, and Kevin Letts even made an excellent point. Even if that was possible, they had guns, and they didn't use the guns. So, <laughs> so, so nobody read the link I shared on the Facebook page uh, message group. Oh, I missed that. What I, was missed it? I, I I read it and didn't know what you meant until I saw the episode because I I just I said oh this, he must have posted this on mistake. They, they weren't Confederate soldiers; they were French colonialists. It's a, it's a real thing that happened. Yeah, but French colonists don't dress that way. Well, I don't. That's I'm not. They made them dress look. They made them look like like civil. I I don't know what French colonists would have looked like at the time. All I'm saying is that's what it was supposed to be. And they also mention in the episode they state it clearly that it's a that this is not necessarily our reality. Yeah, whatever. That it's that there are multiple (laughs) Earths and multiple realities. They did say that. Yes, Yes. Well, I mean, one of the a couple of the things, like one. And I was mentioning this to Phil is that, okay, you've got these soldiers. All right. At first, I, I mean, they look they like, guns. but okay. And but the thing is they've got guns yeah. and they wait to use them until they're within swords length of these women who are trained to fight with swords. Now, granted, when you, when you are in battle, you don't do that. You use your guns first. You use far distance because you know that going hand to hand combat is going to be very fatal. Well, so you are going to take, and especially when you're going against an enemy that don't even have guns, you're gonna you don't want to put your own soldiers at risk. So you're gonna say, okay, let's use the guns first, and let's see how well we do before, you know, we actually meet them face to face. I mean, well, and they were in a they, desert just about. It wasn't like they were in the right. jungle where they yeah, couldn't I see know. their targets. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was wide but open. At, 
that was, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, no, is it fair that one group has uh, swords and the other group has swords and guns? No, but that's what happened. I mean, it, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, it, I just thought that was a little ridiculous. And another thing that I have, I, I feel like I want to, I should point out is that when the woman, when, when Hippolyta first meets that woman with, with the big hair, um, and I remember seeing that first, like, that's her hair. I, 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 okay, okay. Um, and she called which her, one? Which which scene? The, the uh, French scene? The, the you know, one with the which, hair? You don't know which one he's referring to? Oh, <laughs> the space, the space woman from 1952 uh, B movie. Yeah, all right, I get it. Yeah. Right, the okay. one with the biggest ha- fro I've seen since Super Globetrotters. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from one of those that like Michael Jackson's uh, Wizard of Oz film, yeah, that type of stuff. Right? Anyway, she calls herself I am. Now, if if you if you know the Bible at all, that is the name God gave to Moses when he said, go to Pharaoh and free my people. He said, what should I name? What should I call you? He said, I am that I am. When Pharaoh asked you who sent you, tell him I am has sent you. Okay, so that one (laughs) that one really rubbed me the wrong way. Um you know, it's like using a name like that. Yeah, well, no, well, that I, wasn't her name. Well, uh, yeah, I, I was reading something about I, the female motorcyclist that passed her by. They're saying it was um, it could it was probably Bessie Stringfield, some uh, trailblazer who rode across the U.S. alone on her bike. Well, I think that was just a well, I mean, it, I thought it was a cute little moment, a little weird. But it was a symbol of the freedom that she's she's kind of yearning for and that she'll eventually well, achieve. Yeah, well, what I was going to say was what they were saying is that she was known to invent stories. And so that was another way of saying I am. I don't know. Just no, one no. of the things it's I read the, about the it. Woman with the big afro. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, just talking about the placement of I am. OK, well, I have to admit that I, I, I get it. But I'm just saying that 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 kind of that that bugged me a bit. Um and one other little thing when she when she goes to when she goes to see George again, um, it's funny. Here's her she, she her husband's dead. She's upset that he's dead. She has a chance to be with him again, and she's like, "Ha, I'm with my husband again." And then she starts yelling at him. That scene felt really weird to me. Uh, yeah, I, oh, it's like what? Wait, you know? Okay, my my husband is back from the dead. I mean, and not a zombie. I'm really happy to see him. And I'm going to use this time to tell him that you messed up my life. It's like, great. Thanks. I think I was better off dead. Well, I think, and I was able to watch this episode twice. And I I'm think sorry. I followed, I followed the progression of the, the character development, I think, better on the second time. Because I kind of understood better where they were going with it. Mike, right, so, I'm impressed you watched it twice. I, I thought I, about I, it and then said no. <laughs> I've done that with most of the episodes. Uh, it was only last me week, too. I think, I only did the one time. <laughs> oh, um, you guys are better than me then, all right. No, so, well, but again, sometimes, now, we've had this, this is a very, very old debate in Dark Discussions, which is the question of how necessary is it that you be able to uh, to enjoy something the first time through, right? So when people say, oh, it makes much more sense the second time, well, Maybe that's a problem because you should have made it more clear the first time. You know, it's always good to put things in there to enrich further viewings. 
but you know, sort of like the uh, Eric was talking about with uh, honeymoon phase, uh, the latest uh, move that we covered on the main podcast, uh, as opposed to something that doesn't necessarily work the first time, but works the second. Well, if you don't make it work the first time, people aren't going to be wanting to watch it a second time. But yep. I still enjoyed it enough that I, I yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Well, not entirely surprised, but a little surprised at uh, at the, the negativity. But so the thing is, so she says the Josephine Baker. So the I am thing, it's it is a, uh, a I, I don't I'm sure these these are not illiterate people who are writing the show. They are I'm sure aware of the reference, but it is far more about again self identity and self empowerment. And probably the, yeah. And the yeah. character does have a name. She is given a name in the story, um, and I don't remember what it is. I was trying to look it up. Uh, what I've, uh, but I am. No, it's not that. Began with an S. She, she that is not her name, and she was never, you know, quite speaking in phrases. In in she was never answering her questions directly. You know, when she, like she was telling her, "You're not in a prison, you, but you want to be." But. Um, she makes a Josephine Baker comment as sort of an offhand remark, right? And this, but this is what reveals to her she has the power to go somewhere else. And so she ends up performing with Josephine Baker. Now, Josephine Baker, I also did, I, I knew of Josephine Baker. I didn't necessarily have, I did, I don't know a lot about Josephine Baker. But Josephine Baker refused to perform in the United States after a while because of she wouldn't perform before segregated audiences. And so she goes to, and so it goes to Paris and performs there and spends a considerable amount of time there long enough to learn the freaking dance moves. Um, and again, this is for me reminding me sort of like a little bit of Groundhog's Day where she's, you know, where, where we're seeing these quick montages of stuff. But for her, you know, probably months have passed and that she's learning things and she's seeing. So now she's in another country. She's outside of the United States. She's in a place where I'm sure there's racism in France, but it was not nearly what it was. You don't have, you didn't have sundown towns, right. In, in Paris at the time where Josephine Baker was, was a very celebrated artist. And just a few years earlier in the like eight, 1951 or 52 Baker had come back to do a tour in the United States. And then there was a racial incident and she basically had her, her, I think, her visa revoked, and she left and canceled her tour. So this is something that would have been very prominent in the mind of this character in 1955, right? But so she starts talking about how angry she is now that she's there and she's gone, and she didn't even realize it. She says, you know, that they got me to put, you know, my uh, something like put my own chains around my neck or put the noose around my neck without even realizing it, right? So in other words, she has accepted her role in the country without even realizing in a submissive role, without realizing she had done that. And so she was angry. She says, not only did she want to kill white people, she wanted to kill herself. Right. Is that all that, all this, these years of resentment, hostility that have been building and bottled up in her kind of comes spilling out in that conversation. And yes, it is a bit <clears throat> stylized overly uh, in an unnatural speech. But that's what gets her oh, to it's go. Oh, terrible! I got, I got the speech here. Uh, I, well, I got, I got the. Pre- Please don't give us the speech from a, as as a black woman, Phil. I can't no, handle no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, there's there's the speech that you're talking about where she says that I want to kill white people and I want to kill myself and the chains and all that. But before that, when Josephine Baker comes over to her and she lights the cigarette for Josephine Baker, 
And she says, uh, Hippolyta says, you got that look again. And Josephine Baker says, night like this, I burn so bright, I feel like a star. And then Hippolyta says, you are a star. And she goes, no, no, Sherry, not like a movie star. Anyone can be that. Me, I feel like the stars in the black of space. Magnificent, ancient, and already extinguished. Most of the girls never notice uh, when I get like this. You know just where to look. You found that same thing in yourself, haven't you? That felt like a Cthulhu reference to me, though. And then she goes, being here here has only shined the light, that old dead feeling. Hmm, they don't call it the City of Lights for nothing. And when that speech came out, I literally just burst out laughing. Cause so people don't talk that way. And my dog was looking at me like I'm insane because it's like, what, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> uh, you, so, have you watched Tarantino movies? People don't talk that way either. So, I mean... I just did. So, um, <laughs> no, and it, and it is, by the way, again, calling back, she has a history with astronomy. It's calling back, right? No, 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 where, this was Josephine Baker that said I understand that, that, but it's still a reference to Hippolyta's character. It's it's an echo of that and the stuff that she's talking about from two ep two from the, yeah, from the Indiana Jones episode where she talked about naming a star as she was as a little girl. Right. right. And this is all and, getting into her ambition. The idea is once I was someone who thought I could name something in the universe and so she's just saying that, you're saying that's not Josephine Baker, but her own personality. And she's I, I think it's a matter of the writers using it to, to have her say things that will strike a chord with her. Yeah. All right. It's... And again, we don't know, I you know, that if she's really in these places, if she's in a multiverse, if it's a self-created reality. Yeah. So these, these are all questions. And I have a feeling for reasons that this is more self-created reality than anything else. So yeah, I think it is going to be all about her. That would make more sense if it was a self-created reality because yeah. Right. So she goes to this other place, which again was real. The, the Nawi, the, was the last of this particular tribe, supposedly of, of warrior women in Africa, um, which apparently did it. Like if you, we talked about black Panther and it's the, um, uh, Oh, I'm blanking on what they were called. Um, the, the women in that were inspired very much by these real life women. There's a lot of things like that. Um, and I know nothing about it. There is a movie deal in place that they've been trying to make a movie about these for like a couple of years, but they haven't, I don't think it's been, a, uh, been greenlit yet. Um, but this is a, this is a cathartic experience. It's where she gets to work out all of her anger, right? But this is, she's angry at all sorts of things. And that's where the last thing she has is her husband, because what she has done. And she says that, you know, she just suborned herself. She just became smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and became, you know, she went from being a woman, you know, if you've seen a very, a brilliant woman. There's no question. They, they, they have the whole, you know, a beautiful mind moment with her, right? In the, in the, uh, in front of the, in the planetarium, in the planetarium and well, or whatever it was, the thing where the device was, where you see the, the equations floating and glowing in midair, right? So you have this brilliant woman who could have been anything, but she's, you know, born and she's born a woman in a racist country where it was going to be hard. If anyone has seen the movie Hidden Figures, you understand it would, the, you know some of the, the the real obstacles that existed at the time. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Mike. It was true. R. B. G. Uh, who just passed away 
I was watching a documentary of her this, uh, right before this podcast because my wife had it on. And her mother, Cecilia, I think that was her mother's name, was possibly more brilliant than RBG. But um, she was a woman and she was Jewish. And they gave, they, her parents gave the money to the, to the sons. And so she didn't get to go to college like the sons. And then being Jewish, she had issues at that time um, getting jobs. And a lot of women, never mind, women of any minority, whether it is a religious minority or people of color minority, would would feel in that day and age, right? I mean, it's, and it really happened because, you know, like, assume, assuming Ruth Gator Ginsburg wasn't using hyperbole, which I doubt she was, it happened to her mother at the same right. period, 1950s. And and you bring it up, and so there, Ruth Gator Bader Ginsburg, example, who had a, you know, for the ages, romance, been they they both adored each other, and her he and her knew, husband. yes, yeah. um, and he supported her, and she supported him. This was not a one took backseat to the other, but he also knew when I was listening to a, a legal podcast and they were talking about it, and they were saying that. He understood he was never going to be the person in like the in the mover and shaker circles. He was very, very good at what he did, but he was not that kind of person. And he knew that his wife could be. And so he fully supported her in her advancement to like the D.C. Circuit Court and then eventually to the Supreme Court. And that's, I think, where the anger comes in with George is that she and no, she still wants to go back. She she gets rid of all of her her enemies she wants to be she still wishes herself back to the where we the episode finally began not the episode the series began right which was her in bed with george that's right right it was where we met them so it yep. still says something and then she chooses to go around the galaxy with him but she still because she still loves him there is still that relationship but she still has that last piece of the anger which is that he didn't do anything to help her become bigger than what she became right and she had just and she's again she already said she was mad at herself over it too and part of the reason why i think this is a self-created reality is when they do go off traveling through the stars she is orinthia blue she is her daughter's character she is wearing that right, character's right. outfit yeah. she's got the blue hair the spaceship is basically a remodeled woody I don't care what alternate reality you're in. I don't think that's going to be a real one. So I feel like yep. that all of this is something that she has just created. And then what I'm confused about is what happens to George when she goes back. She finally, so she has the cathartic well, breakthrough. I, I think I think George was a figment of her imagination as and, well. And it might be. But then the question is, where'd the book come from? And she created it. She has the power to create things, and she created George. She created except Amazon, wasn't it? She created wasn't it? Dick who found the Baker. book? Yeah, but but yeah, okay, but you know, uh, all right. I, I didn't. I guess you, she could still have created it, but yeah, Tick did find the but, book. But again, so. this is now, what is her role in the series? The, the, the Afro lady tells her she doesn't need the little things in her wrist anymore. Um, well, well, I, I think I think everything that you just stated, Mike, is is the the point. Her role in the series was to explain that uh, she, as a woman, and therefore as a 
an entire gender feel, and in, in, in her case, an uh, uh, entire gender that is a person of color, feel every day or feel that day. I mean, I mean, I don't know if every woman does, but but a good portion of the woman, at least the person that wrote this this screenplay, the two people that wrote the screenplay, are basically stating that a woman, you know, you know, you're stuck. And, and again, you, you can even extend this to men, to be honest, because technically everybody is stuck to a certain point. You know, you know, with not all of us can write songs and become Taylor Swift or um, just to pull someone out at random <laughs> or, or Pete Townsend and not everybody. And, you know, even Josephine Baker lied in this thing where she says, oh, anybody can be a movie star. I'm not talking about that. And that's not true. Not everybody can be a movie star. So it, everybody, whether you're a man or woman, person of color, white, doesn't matter. You only can get so far. So the question is, can you get so far? When you get so far, is it because you've reached as far as you can get? Or are you actually held back because of other people or not supported? And in this case, Hypoletta based off of the little we know about her, we're assuming she, she's kind of smart based off of uh, the planetarium scene from three, you know, four episodes ago. Maybe she could have been more... No, it's from this episode. This episode, Phil. Yeah. She's sitting well, in front I, of the device and she's doing yeah, complex but, mathematical but, equations. But, but it's, but it's and in, she also it's, solved the puzzle but, of that uh, or thing. Yeah. Alright, so, so yeah, so, so she probably could have been something bigger. So now the question is was she held back because of her gender and her race, which most likely is partly true, especially in the 1950s. But is it also partly her fault as well? And, and it and, is, that's why she said she wanted to kill herself. She's mad at herself too. All right. So, so she's just not ha a happy person, right? She's not fulfilled, I guess, because some people who could be better, quote unquote better because a definition of what is better depends on I guess your your ego or, or feelings or, or, or dreams um, so is she thinking that she didn't fulfill her dreams basically I guess is that that's exactly what she's trying to think or fulfill her potential yeah all right and look there are some like I can I tell you my, my grandmother, was fairly anti-feminist. She didn't understand why you had to go get a job. She didn't understand there all sorts of things. She she thought that you know the the the, the woman's job was to stay home and raise her family, you know. Um, and then and I'm sure there were a lot of women who felt that way, especially if you're growing up in when my grandmother did, born in like 1908 or whenever she was born. Um, but not every woman, not every, and certainly this is a very special woman. This is one of these women that could have been. Ten years later, could have been one of those women in the uh, in the Hidden Figures film, right? Who is actually doing real work, right? And that is a fairly accurate film, right? In terms of the role these women played, there it's not completely. There are events switched around and character traits switched around, but it is a really good and inspiring thing, and a good reminder as to how really even just society fucks itself over when you do not give everybody the opportunities because you have all these people with gifts that aren't being given the chance to use them. Right. So it's why racism right. is stupid and sexism is stupid. And even if it's just from a self-serving well, point even, of view. 
right, right. And, and you could even go as far, and, and I, I will even go as far, based off of uh, being a indie writer and all that stuff. It's it's also who you know. Oh yeah. Also, oh, it's, it's yeah. Everything, everything is it's it's cronyism and nepotism. Cronyism and nepotism are huge when when it yes. prevent and it prevents a lot of people from gaining stuff because of that. And, and it's a, it's unfortunate. I mean, that's life, right? It's it sucks in some ways. Right, and unfortunately, some of the some of the quote unquote woke politics stuff, some of it is just horrible communication or people who hear a phrase like systemic racism or white privilege and and don't even understand it themselves when they're using it. Right. And then, and then cannot communicate it clearly. So like my father was, you know, grew up in a poor family with an alcoholic father and was homeless for a point in his time. If you weren't point as, you know, to a white family, you know, living in, in, uh, in New York city in the, in the 1940s and fifties, you wouldn't look at his life and say he had privilege, but I do know he had assistance on the way out that I'm willing to say that maybe he wouldn't have gotten those same chances if he had been black. You know, my uncle Warren um, was Jewish, uh, still is, as far as I know, uh, was uh, a, you know, a, a bad boy who dropped out of high school. You know, think um, Marlon Brando in the, you know, in the wild one. Um, and then kind of comes around. He decides he wants to be, he wants to go to college and finds a mentor to, to help him. Right. And he wanted to be a writer and he showed his mentor, his writings and the right. And he looked at the writings and said, Hey, did you ever think about math? Because he was a terrible writer, but he went on to be a, a, a biophysicist. He invented a thing for counting and screening for blood cells um, to screen for cancer. Uh, but again, would he have found that mentor in a college to help him out if he had been a black woman as opposed to a white Jew living in New York city in the 1940s and fifties? I, I don't, I don't know that. Right. right and so right, it's, right. so it's just saying that if there are certain obstacles, yes, we all have those obstacles. We all have the obstacles of, well, <clears throat> that are not color specific necessarily like poverty, like connections, all these things are there. It's just that other barriers are there that, you know, some of us don't have to worry about. I didn't have to. I think because of my father, I didn't have to worry about poverty because of I don't have to worry about race as a barrier. And I don't have to worry about sexuality as a barrier or sex as a barrier. You know, everybody has their own barriers and there's other things. Maybe you're ugly. Maybe you're short. Maybe you're fat. Whatever it is, all sorts of things. Maybe you have a big nose. There's all sorts of little barriers along the way. You know, the number of truly perfect people out there, you, you know, is very, very few. But some barriers are bigger and harder to overcome than others. You know, and I think this is all this was, was just her coming to comfort and grips with herself and what she could be and sort of self-actualizing. It was a sort of a triumphant episode for her. The problem is, and, and then the fact that she decides to go back to her life. Right. I think it also says something that she goes through all of that and she realizes she still loves her family. She obviously wants to be with George. She trout. She doesn't say, "Fuck you, George. You kept me down for so long. I'm going to go and score, uh, uh, explore the right, galaxy, right. and you can keep your dumb ass well, here in, in I Chicago." I mentioned this to Kevin. I sent him a, a text. I said, "This one surprising thing of this entire episode was she didn't think of her daughter until the very end of the episode." And it's like that's the first thing any parent would be thinking of, unless they're a horrible parent, is their child. 
and and so that that kind of like made me scratch my head. But you're right. Yeah. She, her final decision was, oh, I love my daughter. I, you know, I have to go back and all that. So she goes back. It was just that. Well, that is one of those things that, that ma- a little earlier that makes me wonder. And I don't know who the writer is, but I always think bringing up uh, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg when he's writing Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And he said, you know, I couldn't have written that after I had children because now that I have kids. I could never have had Richard Dreyfus get on the spaceship at the end of the film. Spoiler warning. Um, right. You know, it's that sort of so it makes me wonder, like, if there was actually a person in the writer's room who was like, uh, she ain't gonna ask about her 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 daughter. <laughs> you know, she's right. not gonna show any concern for her daughter. I, you know, I, but also we 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 do know she. Well, I she had been locked up in that cell cell for a while. So whatever thoughts she had of her daughter, they may have come and gone, and we just didn't happen to see it. Right. That that was a that was a montage that took yeah. took a while. Like I uh, I don't know if you noticed there was a a shot. Like, so they show her banging on the walls of the door and then you see like blood smears on it. And eventually there's yeah. a shot oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you yeah, see yeah. her wrist had been slit. So, you know, maybe yeah. she had either yeah. she was trying to dig those trying things out or she tried to commit suicide. So, yeah. And I don't think they necessarily conveyed the amount of time right. that well outside of the uh, the, the two training. Mo- um, yeah. But now you got this woman who's got magic powers to go wherever she wants and be whoever she wants and is a warrior woman. And now she's going back to Chicago, and I'm wondering, like, okay, so she's now black female bat. What the fuck does Tick need to be there for? <laughs> you know, it's like, who's the hero of this thing, right? Well, if she has again, the ability to go anywhere at any time. Again, there's a problem with this entire episode, which is it's a half hour too long Twilight episode because this would have been a perfect episode for a Twilight Zone episode because it would talk about a, a woman and, and like all these things that you just mentioned, Mike, and summed it up in you know the ten minutes that you just took, which which uh, actually pretty much sums up the entire point of the episode. The, the I don't even want to say wokeness, but just interesting topic. Um, but again, it doesn't have anything to do with the main story and if this was an anthology series then it's at least okay interesting even if it's not necessarily for me but as an an entire episode to explain all these things that you just mentioned it it doesn't work for me anyway for a tv show that I'm, i'm supposed to be following tick Right, well, and especially one a character that is like you said before has only been in it for a very short amount of time that we haven't yeah, really managed. Minutes. Yeah, that's that we it. haven't really managed to get get a closeness to that would make us care about her story this much for this much time investment. Right. And right. I think they could have done this. You know, so you mentioned that uh, I think they brought it back for Apple TV. Is Amazing Stories. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's another then, yeah, example. That's that's basically a ripoff of Twilight Zone, but but right, no it's another anthology series. Show, not any disrespect for the show, but but I mean it's this general idea of the same thing. Right. What 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 I always I liked the show, but I never loved the show because the show never had an edge. It was always very soft and very sentimental. Yeah, it was right? definitely it, trying it, to be uh, a family show more than um uh, a, a specific type of audience show, yeah. except for the ep- the family dog episode, it was very much. There was the action they did about the guy who was trapped in the belt and the cartoon. 
it was always a very, it was the sentimental episodes of Twilight Zone because that's where Spielberg was at that point in his life when he produced the series. And this could very easily have been if you take out all the Lovecraft country uh, stuff at the beginning of the episode and just give it with here is a generic black woman in the fifties, you know, housewife and mom who gets abducted by aliens or some or stumbles upon some weird alien artifact. And you could have then that done the whole thing again, played out just the same way as we see no connection at all to what's going on, where all of Lovecraft country so far has been more uh, mysticism and horror and occult. And here we're getting 50s sci-fi kitsch, you know, and I like it. I like that sort of like they, that they leaned hard into the, the 50s sci-fi book cover look. Yeah. I kind of like that they that they leaned hard into that. But that feels so not like this series. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe they have a brilliant vision for tying it in. I am still holding that open. And I will not close that door until that those credits roll in episode 10. I just don't see it. I don't see And it, this feels to me like a game-changing moment for the series. Because it seems because of what they've done with her character, and 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 that's that just has me puzzled. Well, yeah, see, I'm, I'm if people who know me, which Barrett does for sure, and and Kevin too. But, uh, I'm very black and white, and so I'm not as forgiving as you, I guess, Mike. But you're right. We 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 still have three more episodes, so you have made me appreciate the episode a bit more, Mike. So. Oh, good. That that there is that, but I still think it's the worst episode of the season. <laughs> well, well, and no, it's well, again, it's it's a decent story for a Twilight Zone or Amazing Stories, but it's 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 terrible if you compare it for what Tick story is supposed to be. Well, Mike made me appreciate what it was trying to say about her story. The problem I had was. I really wasn't paying enough attention to that because I didn't care enough about her character. So I missed a lot of that. And again, that's where the second viewing helps. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be honest when you have a moment, uh, and if, if you flipped it around and as much as you can identify with it or can understand where it comes from, when you have a moment in the show where the lead character for that episode says, I want to kill a bunch of white people. And then show her getting the chance to go kill a bunch of white people. Um, and she does. Right. You know, I, I can understand how that might be a little off-putting to some people. I totally get that. Um, and especially because the show, I don't think, has done a great job sometimes with uh, with nuance. <laughs> you know, do you sometimes... They are. They have been beating a, a particular note. As much as we said, they're checking off a lot of boxes. That it hasn't just been race. It has been the most uh, dominant theme, right, um, throughout the series. And so, when you see that, it's, it's very easy to see how you know the the self deprecating part. Well, the emotion and, and see, and that's the, the thing. It's, even if it's a it's a more we can appreciate it more and all that. I think most people who came into this series weren't in coming into the series to see a, a, a 1950s 
fantasy sci-fi episode about um, the injustices that happen to individuals, specifically uh, this individual, and, and because of her heritage and uh, gender. So, again, it would be fine if, if people came into the show for that, and Twilight Zone would be fine. Um, they, they, obviously, they could have done it a little better uh, at certain points, but, but it was good enough. But that's the problem is most people – well, I, I shouldn't say that. I came into this looking for Lovecraft Country, not this. But you also didn't do any research into the show before you did this. And I think the first episode, that opening dream montage well, – where you got where you got heart, you got monsters and Cthulhu demons and and UFOs, you know, and and the alien woman, the the the, the princess of Mars. Right. I I understand that, but I'm saying that just what series? A lot of that was laid out there, you know. Well, I think and, a lot of that's also influenced by Lovecraft, which is where they're going right. with it, rather than like that pulp sci-fi was influenced a lot by Lovecraft. You know, I mean, a lot of that stuff was just directly influenced. Right. So uh, this episode the same. Well, not not Lovecraft. I mean the the pulp, yeah, all right, the pulp sci-fi. Well, not the sci-fi. I mean, he had his sci-fi moments, but you, you know, what we've seen in this show definitely isn't much to do with with Lovecraft stories if you've read Lovecraft stories. And I think yeah, everybody Yeah, not, not his stories directly. I think more the effect of his stories rather than his stories themselves. Yeah, sure. I mean it's it's That's a love letter to a, it's a love letter to a lot of pulpy stuff, and this is a and like I said, this one because it's leading really because even the sci-fi moments for the most part of that opening thing was War of the Worlds, right? It it was you know it was it yeah. Lensman you know or something, right? Um, right. Or Flash Gordon, so um, no no, no or. or really Lovecraft either. It was, like you said, 1950s sci-fi. Right. Well, but they also had the little flying Cthulhu's in the, in the, no, they, they had the monster, but, but right. it's feeling was most certainly not Lovecraft. It had the monster right. of Lovecraft, but it, it wasn't. The, but again, it wasn't, it, this is a case of taking, I'm letting them, trying to let them t- tell the story they're trying to tell. This does feel self-indulgent. And yeah. And oh, well, you, Mike, you you were definitely more forgiving than me. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll give you that. But, and it's I mean, like you know, so when you get shows like Xena did a musical episode, Buffy did a musical episode, but they didn't do them like in episode seven. They right. like did it in a, like in, I know Buffy was the sixth season. I think Xena might have been the third season. Right, right. Su- Supernatural did, did the Scooby Doo. X Files did the black and white. Um, right. Episode. So so you're right. Yeah, they, they and, all and, do it, and I don't like those episodes generally. But oh, the Scooby Doo you know, episode they, was awesome. But but they but they get but they get the um, the right to do it because they're a successful show that's been on for you know eight years and, and fans will get a kick out of it. But, right, and we're still trying to get an identity of this show, and I don't know that they've they've really established it yet. And you know, again, it's all we have pieces of a puzzle, and I don't know if they're going to fit together. Sure. I'm getting more and more worried, though, because we... <laughs> oh, 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 I, I was only I was got worried. three episodes left. I, 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 was, I was worried way before now. I'll tell you that. I mean, th- this show is definitely not what I was ex- expecting by any means. And, and with the last three episodes, uh, I'm, I'm like really like disappointed because it's their standalone episodes that 
It's I just mean, meandering. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Not, because we, we've had standalone episodes in Walking Dead and various other television shows. And, and, and you know, a lot of people complain about them. Um, and, and some people say they, they were half decent. Uh, here, we, we only have 10 episodes, and, and three of the last episodes include, included characters that had one had maybe. 15 minutes, one had 10 minutes, and one had zero minutes until their episode. It, it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's just doesn't work for me. Right. And I was going to, I keep meaning to circle back on this, but like you mentioned Walking Dead. When Walking Dead has gotten into trouble as a series, it has almost always been because they felt the need to go add stuff to the stories that weren't in the original comics and take what had been a uh, a tightly paced two or three or four episode story arc and drag it out for two years. Right. And because they, because they're trying to milk the show for everything it can. And they're trying to, to service numerous actors and with fans and, and maybe with their egos or maybe with their contracts or whatever it may be. Um, oh, this character is unexpectedly popular. Let's give them a story arc or we have nothing to do with them. The comics if the character didn't have a thing to do. You didn't see the character for six months. You know, it's hard to do that when you're paying an actor to be there. Right. Um, but it's when you start wandering down these paths and, you know, when you have a book, you know, people always talk about often talk about the uh, um, unedited editions of some books. You, when you read them, you understand why they were edited in the first place. Um, they, they, they can become bloated, you know. So here was a book that was just apparently a successful book. People liked it. And then you start stuffing things into it that didn't really belong there. Um, and that is hurting the pacing of the grand narrative. So again, I think for me, this episode worked okay as a standalone thing. I particularly liked what they were doing with this character. It did take me a, a second viewing to really appreciate it. But my bigger question is, it feels like a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, you're, you're more forgiving than me because uh, <laughs> I would, if even, even if it has a good, me, a message. I, 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 if I had never seen this episode, yeah, I, but, I'd care less. Yeah, but again, see, Phil, you can, you got to pick a side here. You don't want to watch trailers because they ruin things, and then you want to go in and be surprised by what's there, and then you go in and you're you're surprised by what's there, but it's not what you wanted. So you either got to take it as it comes, or you got to or you got to brace yourself for what's coming well, and, and, I, I'm, I'm kind of and have and frame to, expectations. I'm kind of beginning to believe, based off of what Kevin has told everybody here, that if you read the book, it wouldn't have mattered either. I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, because... But, it, but, but, but the book, but this is an adaptation of the book. It is not the book. Yeah, yeah all right. That's fair. Well, uh, yeah, like you said, they were adding stuff uh, in the show that was not in the book, like you were talking about with The Walking Dead. They were they were adding stuff in, in the book, or from, you know, they added stuff in the show that was not in the book. Um, and the question is, is that, was it successful? Was it helpful or not? Like I've seen shows, um, where, for example, I mean, the, I, I grew up watching a Sherlock. I mean, this is totally off, but this is totally off, but I mean, I grew up watching a Sherlock Holmes on PBS and I got all of them on DVD now and I've read all of the stories and I'm seeing 
where they changed it, where they dramatized, you know, and, and the differences between the actual original book, or we call it the canon, uh, compared with the actual show and the additions they make on the show, I think are actually an improvement to the story. Uh, so any, the, the changes they made from the book to the TV show, in my opinion, for that was a success in this uh, particular show, Lovecraft County country, sorry, Lovecraft country. I don't think that the additions or the changes uh, like the big changes are really helpful. Like, you know, for example, Braithwaite's daughter is in the book Braithwaite's son. I mean, I, I really don't care one way or the other if it's a son or a daughter. It, it doesn't really, for the most part, it really doesn't matter, you know, or is it uh, George's, you know, George's son is the one that right is, is the one who draws the comics in the book uh, in, in the TV show. It's the daughter. It, it really doesn't matter. Um I mean, so far, it really doesn't matter. But the whole thing with with Hippolyta or Hippolyta, sorry, I keep on mispronouncing the name, Hippolyta uh, going through all of those, let's just say, they're essentially their fantasy experiences, you know, because they're not real experiences. She's yeah, not like Walter Mitty, Walter Mitty, right? Correct. Well, I mean, I yeah, I mean, she's not actually traveling through time. She's not, you know, actually exploring a different world in a in a spaceship that looks like her car. Uh, with her, with a husband who has died. I mean, well, we don't think they are. Well, when do the amount of changes become fan fiction over just an adaptation, though? Right, that's a. Fair I mean, point, that that's yeah, I where mean, I'm uh, feeling like sorry. it's so yeah. far from the book that it's fan fiction. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but again, it's the question is when someone comes here and says we want to adapt your book into a series. First of all, most people are like just give me the fucking money. Well, yeah, I agree right. with that. Um, right, right. They're not Stephen. He's not Stephen King, so he's not going to be able to say, "I demand no changes." He's not J.K. Rowling. Well, I demand no right. changes. So he's a nobody, and so he ha- he either takes the money and gets his some sort of adaption, and then people may go buy the book and he makes more money, or he says no for on principle, but he loses a, extra money and a chance to get his his book known. Right. So, um, you know, and, and it's just a thing. I mean, like Alan Moore, the guy who wrote Watchmen and V for Vendetta and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, had been so consistently disappointed with everything that they had done and fought so much with it. And, of course, never really had any authority to do anything with it. He's just he's like stopped taking the checks for the royalties. It just was started giving the money away, um, you know, which more power to him for doing it. But he's, he refuses to even discuss it. He just says, that's what they're doing. I don't have the, I didn't own the rights because he was a lot of this was uh, stuff that he was, you know, hired by like DC comics to do. And so he didn't have control over the rights, but they were his stories. He got some royal, he has, he doesn't want to talk about it. want to know about it. We've people praised the, the HBO series and really would like to know what he thinks about it. He refuses to even consider that it exists because he doesn't want to consider, he, he, he doesn't want to do that. We've seen Stephen King poo-poo things like The Shining that maybe have a great following because it's not his thing. It's an adaptation of it. And so, you know, the adaptation, the, the, the original story is the springboard from which you can go. And there's lots of things you can do for it. Just being different from the book itself is not inherently a bad thing. We can all come up with different reasons. Recasting, regendering some of the, um, the the characters. Well, you know, millennial generation. We are all post uh, post millennial. We're all Generation X. 
millennial generation is very big and much bigger on representation than our generation was. Um, and I don't think it's inherently a bad thing when it's done well. If it doesn't really matter if it's a son or it doesn't really matter if it's a daughter, if you want to spruce up the uh, what had been a cast that was very, very sausage dominant, you know, throw a few tacos in there, go ahead. You know, it doesn't really hurt anything. Um, but does it have, do you have a good reason for doing it and will doing it in some way change it? Will it change the characters? Will it change the story? Obviously, you're not going to turn, um, you're not going to make Tick to be, um, you know, an Eskimo because that completely changes the story. <laughs> right? But make, apparently making Christina a woman and making um, D a girl doesn't seem to have a big effect on the story. So let him do yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's what Kevin said. He didn't give her care yeah. about gendering of the characters. He's talking about the main themes, right. the main changes. I mean, you, you know, we have the whole Korean episode that's not in the book. We have this episode that's not in the book. We have, um, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we've already talked about it in the prior episodes, so. right? But again, I think there has to be just. But I don't think it's not in the book as a good criticism. Well, I, it's, I think it's, a, I think it's, what, what I think it's an about, interesting point, but I don't think it's criticism. It's well, well, let me just say this. I'm just just making an observation. Yeah. But that I'm also saying that I I think the book was a better story. Yeah. Right. And right. partly, for, I'm guessing, because it was more streamlined. And where you're seeing here is meandering. Well, it's not good. I'll just say it. It's it's really not a good show. And I, and I don't really care if people... I think I'm an idiot for saying it. It's, it's just my opinion. I just don't think it's a good show. And I'm not going to be an apologist like like other folk who may watch the show and say, well, yeah, but, you know, well, it's yeah, but I'm not going to do it. It's just not a good show. I've seen plenty of shows. And I, if, if they're just, you know, and, and I'll say I'll call them for what they are. They're just not good shows. I mean, Mike, you, you like Dexter and you, you came right out and said the last season was just no good. Uh, people wasn't. said the same thing about Lost. The last season, just no good. Game of Thrones, the last season, just no good. People can say a show is really not good. You don't have to be an apologist for the show. And I'm not well, going to nobody's, uh, nobody's saying Nobody's saying it's an either or. I think I've done my fair share of criticizing the show along the way. I am kind of holding off a final verdict again because I want to see where they well, end up with it. Right, but if you just take the first seven episodes, I'll say it's it's not good. It's not a good show. I'll say it's a disappointing show, I'll say, but there's still a lot of things I like about it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. But I think because they are telling a story, because you're dealing with with TV in the year 2020, right, where we deal with season-long story arcs and ongoing narratives. I, I saw I saw oh. the, the Mist TV show that, that had one season. It was horrible. It was terrible. Yeah. But it had some good things in it. It had some good things in it, sure. And, and this isn't that. Better, it's, it's crap. It's, it was absolute crap, even if it had some good things in it. Right. You, you well, I'm say saying I think I think, there's, I think again, it's not, you can like a thing and criticize a thing. It doesn't make you an apologist. Okay, fair depends enough. On, so, yeah, it depends yeah, right, on what right. the things are that you're right, looking right. at. You're absolutely right, Mike. You may actually like this show and think it's a really good show. I don't know if you do, and and it's not for me to say that you dislike it or, or do like it. So you have to say that. And you're saying that. Yeah. It's okay. I think I have, I think I've been pretty fair in saying what I liked about the show, what I don't like about the show, but yeah. said when the third episode is the one that for me was the low point and it just didn't really work for me at all because it just didn't click on any of the, the things it was trying to sell. Which um, episode was that again? 
that was the haunted house episode. Oh yeah, right, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. that yeah. I didn't mention it during that episode, but I, sh- I probably should have. The the back. I said it offline. Uh, the backlash from a lot of uh, Jewish communities because uh, they made the doctor. Um, no, you did. Oh, I did say it on, on one of the episodes. Okay. On one well, of the I episodes. I, I don't know if it was that I episode, I, but I did, you did mention it at some point. Okay, fair enough. I thought I may have said it offline. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I, I see your point, uh, Mike. Uh, some people, people will like the show. I mean, it's getting good critical, at least the critics. And again, a lot of people now are now saying that the critics don't represent uh, the general public anymore. Um, maybe they never did, actually. Um, well, I mean, Kardashians, right? Um, yeah. But... Like for me, for me, and it all depends on what your priorities are. So you you have been saying from episode one that you wanted because it said Lovecraft, you were hoping for a straight out horror show, and it's not yeah. what you're getting. And 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 you know, but it's a thing that you you should have at some point let go of by now because it's clearly that's not what it was. For me, for almost any series, the thing that has to have me is the characters. You know, if you have good characters, I can forgive a lot of sins if I enjoy the show, if I, if I enjoy the characters. And for the most part, I like the characters in the series, even if they've done some things that I'm now... I like the characters, but I hate the, uh, the stories just aren't very well done. Yeah, the writing yeah, is not good. Writing, I've watched a lot of And there's been a movies. lot of sloppy writing. I've watched yeah. a lot of movies during our Dark Discussions episodes that I thought were absolutely horrible, but I, I like some of the I like the characters. Yeah. So so I, I see your point, though. I mean, it's you can some people may like a movie or a book because of the characters, even if the story stinks, in their opinion. Well, right. I'm and, not really caught up on what I I didn't have a vision of what this is going to be. I kind of expected some more Lovecraft than there is, but I don't care that there's not. But the story is not working for me because of the way they're telling it. Yeah, I like the characters and I like their acting uh, of the actors, but the story itself needs work. And and we have criticized. I think we have criticized that a lot with yeah. with bang, dangling plot threads and even like the the Ruby story that I liked a lot. Um, I, right, you, you brought up the it. blood stuff and all. Yeah, that. I mean that's all just it's slop. That. That's sloppy storytelling. It really is, and you know, on certain things you can kind of get away with it, but when you're telling a straight drama. You know, this isn't Porky's. You know? yeah. Oh, Porky's was a great film. Or, or <laughs> how, do it, how did I know you would love Porky's? But, no, dude, 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 if you rewatch it, it's it's not as the the, the sexual endo stuff is there, sexuality stuff is there, but but it's not a, a, a true sexploitation film like you would think. It's actually a pretty good drama slash comedy. But anyway, no, I know. Yeah. I mean, Clark was a great director and a screenwriter, but anyway, continue. Right. So I'm saying there there are certain things where, where things are forgivable, but when you're trying to tell a story that spans 10 episodes, you really have to know what you're doing. You have to be able to put the pieces together and pacing is really important. And they're, they're screwing up the pacing. They're, they're missing important story beats along the way. Some things are stretching out too far. Other things I think they're compressing too much. And I think they're expecting, you know, like the Montrose character Am I supposed to care that, oh, the reason he beat his child is because he was a repressed homosexual and he was right. It was that repressed rage is, is okay. Now I can understand why he beat his son. Of course. Um, not. That's ridiculous. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to hate still, him for beating his son. He's a fucking Well, asshole. I think the Korean episode should have been the third episode. Well, even I the Korean episode. Back, back sword 
Yeah, or that. Yeah. Even the Korean episode, man, I'm sorry, but and 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 I like that episode because it it told the story I haven't seen before. So I did like it for that. I liked it for being different. But is this it's not this it's not a story that's going to make me say, "Oh, I got to run out and buy this on DVD." No. Right when this comes out. Um because it was it was it was it was decent. I didn't love it, but it was decent. Um because but a lot of it is just the novelty of it I liked. But at the same time, they really kneecapped Tick's character, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry. I don't, and in real life, yes, I'm very much into forgiveness and redemption and whatever the terrible things are that you may have done in your past. I think you, for the most part, can be forgiven. Um, but we just see him cry once on the scene about him being a bad boy earlier in, you know, in, you know about, the, about what he had done. He executed think, someone, yeah. That he, but he, he executed someone. I need more than that. With no hesitation. For, for, for a TV series, yeah, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to get on board with well, the... Well, to be honest, let's just admit, that was a check mark to say, oh. say that. U.S. military <laughs> bad, foreign colonizers. Yeah, that's all it was. Well, I mean, but and, and they're... Well, for what it was... Well, That's but it's also, I but there are also things like that that happen. I don't mind them necessarily bringing it to light, considering how, they, they considering how much they buried it for decades. I don't necessarily mind that they bring some of that to light. I really don't. I don't care if it's a check mark box or not. I really don't care. The problem but is that they did it. it the problem, and, and, but the, and they I don't and care, they, Phil. The problem is. I don't care. I understand that bothers you. I'm saying no, I don't no, care no, what no. they. That, that, no, you didn't understand my point at all. My point is, is. They put it in there, and that's how they get Tick's character in this episode. And if it was way out of character for his character. Right, and they never should have done that with his character. That's the problem. They could have made him there at the time. Yes, that would have been acceptable, uh, but being one of the killers, no. That, that I think, went just went a step too far for me. Um, because well. they don't... Because they haven't done anything with the character to have really redeemed that part of his story. Or shown why but, but, he would do but, that with no hesitation. But they, they, right. But, Mike, Mike, I'll state they didn't even need to have the checkbox. Yeah, I know that. Fix. I know you won't. This is the story they want to tell. And I don't care if that's the story they want to tell. I'm more than happy to let them tell is it. it. Is it. Well, I don't care they may take a bad guy in that episode then. I can say that, okay. too. Yes, you can. That's all I'm talking about me. All right, uh, fair enough. You're saying it's a bad thing that they told the story that Americans did bad things, and they're just that's all they were saying. That's the story they want to tell. Tell it in, in an entertaining way. I can agree with it. I can disagree with it. I can agree with their points. I can disagree with their points. Just tell me a good story. I've got lots of story of of movies and TV shows I've watched. I'm like, I love everything they're saying, but they telling it in a horrible way. It's not entertaining at all. Well, I, they I, 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 I liked watching Platoon because I wanted to watch Platoon. I didn't right. watch Lovecraft Country to see that. It wasn't necessary. Well, it was if you that that's what the part story of his is. History. This is it was part of his history, so it was necessary from that. Well, it was part of yeah, you're right. It was part well, of the television history. series. Wow. It was part of the television series Love Cacks. You know what I mean. It was, it was not part of the book. You're right. So it wasn't if well, anything as I said. It was part of Tick's background. He said he not, did bad stuff in Korea, so we have an episode explaining what happened uh, in Korea and what Tick did that was bad in Korea. And that is why Tick kind of has that. Well, okay. I mean, no, I'm just saying he's got, 
he's got that that sense of guilt following him. It right. could have been an accident, though. An accident would have been better than just an assassination. Right. And, right. Well, in the book, Kevin, that, right? So, well, and I don't care about the book right now. We're, ta- we're talking about the show. And in the show... He could have said he, he ran over a child with, with, with a Jeep. Well, he said he did bad things. Yeah. Right. Okay, so he said he did bad things, and it's obvious that it was an albatross around his neck. Right. Okay, and so he was... Um, and and he mentioned it, and you can tell that it 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 haunts him, uh, and that and so with that Korean episode, and I'll agree with Mike, that was an interesting story. That was a very interesting mm-hmm. story. Um, I kind of, but the I um, and it also, I what I would like to know though is all right. We saw why Tick was a bad guy, but what I'm what I'm still scratching my head about is why is he calling this person? Why is he calling this woman? <coughs> excuse me for different reasons for like, he's like, why didn't you tell me? Or, sure. and she says, you should never have left. I mean, why? Sure. We don't know why, why didn't he not? Why, why should he have not left? I mean, what was it about translating that book made him, Real made him realize that this woman who was a was it a, a seven tail or a nine tailed fox in human form knew something. How did Tick know that she knew it if he ran out because you know some <laughs> you know because they had a very interesting exper- a very weird experience. Um, I mean, I I'm just trying to I'm trying to establish the rest. You got one connection. I'm trying to figure out the rest of them. Well, and twenty we'll percent of the series has, and twenty percent of the series has passed since that question came up, right? And it right, came up right. on like what what seemed like an urgent thing that they would then immediately address because that seemed like the reason they would now tell the story of sure. the Korean woman, and that wasn't it. And that's where the sloppy storytelling is coming in. Right, right. That, that and true. the connection between that phrase, Korean woman, either got to the first of all, we should have seen the whole phrase. All we saw, saw was the word die. Um, so either we should have seen the phrase there and known what the, and and at that time known that phrase was connected to the Korean woman, or we should have gotten, seen the phrase at the end of the episode and then found out what that phrase is in the episode about the Korean woman. So we can, can make that connection there. Well, well, either way, we should have known that phrase. So, so, so are we supposed to sympathize for him now? Are we supposed to sympathize with him? I don't, I hate him because he killed that person. He's a a murderer. I yeah. mean, in real, in real Straight life, up. in real life, even if he became a good guy in real life, he he would go to jail and and possibly even be executed for for war crimes. Now, if if it's the movies like this is, then yeah, he becomes a hero like Darth Vader or Jamie in in Game of Thrones or whatever. You know, we have murderers all the time. The best one all oh, was uh, the Melrose Place. To, there was a doctor that tried to kill a character, and then. Everybody liked the character, so they made him a main character, and uh, and he started dating uh, the, the lead actor, Heather Locklear's character throughout the rest of the four seasons or something. But the point Wait is, a is second. That, you watched Melrose Place? Yeah, when I was a kid. So what, what happened was is that <laughs> in Hollywood, villains, you remember it. villains become – well, I always thought it was ridiculous. I go, that guy tried to kill somebody, and, and yet you know, the next season they're trying to pretend that he's a good guy. So – it's 
yeah, it's kind of hard to like characters. I don't know. It's just whatever. You know, Darth Vader is another good one. I always bring up. You know, he, there, there, there's a limit to the amount of evil you can have a character do and win the audience back over. You know, we saw uh, like a movie like Flatliners, all built on the idea that everyone has sins in their past, things that they mm-hmm. regret. Right? Nobody yep. there executed somebody. Right. <laughs> there was a there was a character who was a bully who ended up in you know as a result somebody was died. But it was an accident. He didn't intend it, but he was responsible for their death. And he was a young, stupid kid. And we can kind of understand that. We can kind of get that. And he paid for his crime. And he paid for his crime. So, you know, it's just, um, you know, there, there, there are limits. And sometimes it's hard to tell when you went too far, right? Which is, you know, which is kind of, you know, sometimes where you get that, that you know, kind of joke is like too much, you know, a little too much. You know, yeah, that's a little too much. Um I shouldn't have gone full Serbian film. No, 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 that wasn't a good idea. No, 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 too far. Um, yeah, so they, yeah, so they did that. Um, yeah, so so uh, yeah, that's a good point, Mike. And, and Barrett has a good point too, not liking the character because we know he, he did it. So it's like he did it, and he never went to jail for doing what he did. So right, well, and they try to gain our sympathy for it by having her like fall in love with him. Yeah, yeah, that right, just right. doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and and by the way, one of the other things I'll criticize show for, and I said it in the first episode when they did the uh, they did the speech in the first episode, the the or the poem was the speech, whatever the, the, the voiceover, and they've done it every episode since. And I'm pretty sure I said after the first episode, I said I hope they don't do this every week, and they've done it every week, and that's the kind of thing that kind of makes my eyes roll because it's kind of you know, heavy handed and already and pretentious. It doesn't work for me. And maybe I know it works for other, some people it works for, you know, it's a, it's a stylistic choice that they're going with that for me does not work, but it doesn't work for me in a way, but it's, it's not, not enough of a drawback for me to dislike episodes on account of it. Right. Yeah, sure. Sure. And uh, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, and, and maybe, maybe if we weren't doing the podcast, you still watch the show, Mike, you still may. I probably would. You know, um, well, well, I probably myself, would watch every episode I, I twice. Would. Um, right. I would wait for it all to come out, and then I'd probably watch and, it. And that, and 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 again, that's that's sometimes some things some things work better from binge watch binge watching, and some things don't. Well, I'll uh, tell you one thing: I came back week for, every week for the mist, like an idiot, and everybody on Facebook was laughing at me, saying, "Phil, you're watch it again, watch it," and and that was the last time I ever did that. Now I just I drop stuff. I watched I two like episodes of that and it was so bad I didn't I stopped. Yeah, I liked the first I episode of it and I lost me after that. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was worst, worst show ever. I was that was that was a bad. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's worst show ever because a lot of shows are, are pretty bad that I I, I, I watch and, and that may even be this show here. But yeah, I, I usually just quit shows after I say okay, that's it, I'm all done. But again, that's just my personal, you know, just me. You know, other people may stick it out or may actually like it um all right so let's wrap this up let's wrap this up let's uh let's just say once again uh this is just personal opinions uh we're taking our own personal takes on the show it's nothing personal against anybody who hates the show or likes the show if you hate the show or you like the show good for you if it for uh, for us for here we just have our various opinions of the show and and whatnot and and we're just talking about that's it so uh 
no no issues there. If you have your own personal opinions, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and let us know your feelings of each episode or specific things, similar to what uh, our listener did this uh this afternoon, uh, Christine Stroh, and uh, let us, we'll read your emails, uh, if they're kind, of course, we don't hate mail, we just delete, um, but if it's, if it's a kind alternate opinion, we'll most certainly read it on the podcast. Um, so, uh, I, do, do we want to give our final thoughts on the episode, each of us give our final thoughts, or do you think we're all good on that? I'm, I'm good either way. Yeah, I think I've, we've exhausted it. I've exhausted mine. I don't have anything we've, else to say. We've definitely given our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I just want to thank Mike again for giving me another perspective on it because I, I appreciate it a tad bit more from his from hearing his perspective. Um, I still think it's my least favorite episode. That's all. Yeah, I Mike. Like, I, yeah, I, I appreciate it more too. Though, um, I probably would have never got to this episode uh, if we weren't doing the podcast. And and even after watching it and appreciating it more, I still didn't really enjoy it. But I do. Uh, um, Appreciate it more. So uh, yes, uh, I'll second what Barrett said. Um, so uh, once again, this is uh, uh, I am um, as the, we heard here with our discussion to interpretations, uh, religious or uh, secular, uh, was what I am could mean. Um, next week's episode, um, we saw. I saw the trailer. I know you did too, Kevin. Uh, it's called Jig a Bobo. Uh, Misha Green, the showrunner, is actually directing it, uh, and she wrote it with Ihu Oma Ofor Dyer. Uh, I hope I pronounced that name correctly. Uh, that will be released on October fourth, twenty twenty. So, hope you uh, rejoin us next week to hear us uh, give our thoughts on that episode. Uh, please email us, like I said, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or just go to darkdiscussions.com and press the Contact Us button. And with all that stated, Mike, why don't you lead us up? Well, thank you once again for a lively joining us in a lively discussion of uh, your travel guide to Lovecraft Country. Uh, please go to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play and give us a review. Um, so we, to help get us more notice and get us more traffic and, uh, please consider checking out any one of our many other podcasts at the dark discussions network or on any of the uh, various podcast outlets that are out there. So if you, uh, like to hear what we have to say about episode eight of the final three episodes of Lovecraft country, then please tune in next week. Thank you again. Oh, man. We gonna run to Cinnamon. We gonna run to Cinnamon. We gonna run to On that day, I run to the rock. Please hide me on.